This thing. It's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Back in the car. It could look like someone you know. Or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. It can look like anyone. But there's only one of it. Ghostface, I want to be in the sequel. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. I am the eater of wolves and of children. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another horrific installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And this is episode number 40, It Follows. 40 episodes. 40 big episodes. Who would have thought? <laughs> I really... I'm pretty I feel like stunned. we say that every episode. I know, but... <laughs> the ones that are like starting to disappear from the iTunes feed now, it's like... They seem like so long ago. I'm like, you know, man, just like the OC. I think we'll be gone maybe after this one, if not already. No, I think it already is. Oh, yeah, and that's a good reminder that for all of our older episodes, you can find them on uh, greatestmoments.podbean.com. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird to think we always reference it's uh, really depressing uh, that they're gone from our iTunes. Uh, Halloween three and uh, Bug Juice. Part one and two is like our personal favorite episodes. It's like it's been a long time since those episodes. <laughs> it's all been all downhill from there. But I think there's some gems in there. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Uh, rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. And uh, tell your friends if you like what you hear. Yeah. Or you know, do your even part. If you don't. <laughs> right. And so the uh, greatest October in the history of forever. Uh, rolls on. Yes. We got one more after this one. I think it's been a pretty big success story. Yeah, but people being like, well, what's going on? There's it's this big October thing, but no episodes are coming out. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit of a delay between a couple of them, but this one, you know. Yeah. They're right coming, back in the swing of things. Coming at you fast and furious now. And if you're new to the show, Matt put together a new intro just for this October period and yeah. we'll be going back to our old theme music yeah. after this. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll probably just get new theme music in general after like a hundred episodes. Uh, so, we've decided to tackle a more modern film for our horror fest here. Uh, 2014's It Follows uh, written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. Has he had another movie since then, do you know? I 
not since then. Uh, his next movie is um, some kind of uh, modern noir crime thriller okay. starring uh, Dakota Johnson and Andrew Whoa. Garfield. All right. Um, I forget what it's called. Uh, it doesn't seem like... And he has another project on there, too, that also wasn't horror-related, so it seemed kind of like a an immediate attempt to not be it's labeled actually a the, horror director. Uh, third Fifty Shades of Grey movie. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is kind of a just a cool, modern uh, take on horror that, you know, I, I feel like the last, uh, you know, couple years, there's been a few, like, standouts yeah. that really have kind of, like, reinvigorated kind of a genre that always needs reinvigorating every yeah. couple of years <laughs> I it kind of is like almost like an indie horror thing like wave that's been going on the past few years i just like this like the babadook uh i kind of consider like the witch that all kind of have that same yeah feel and you could almost like throw in like green room too, yeah yeah even absolutely. though that's not really horror i mean it's kind of yeah it it is horrific <laughs> Um, this movie stars, uh, I believe you pronounce it Micah Monroe as Jay, kind of a newcomer. This is the first thing I ever saw her in. Is, I think. That, is her character's name short for something or is it Probably. Just, oh, okay. But I'm not sure what. It wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was, uh, elaborated on in Wikipedia or anything <laughs> in the cast section. I didn't, I did not check that out. Okay. Um, and it, the movie takes place kind of the, in this like ambiguous time period. Uh, we see a couple of modern inventions, but we also see like uh, furniture from like the seventies. Um, the TV that yeah. they're watching a couple times is just like a an old fashioned like, right. black and white TV. But like some of the cars are modern, and one of the characters is reading a, like an ebook yeah. on like some kind of a small I don't know tablet type thing it's like really not even a tablet it's like yeah. a flip up shell shell yeah but like so in the cars like you, you'll see some cars from like the 90s and like maybe early 2000s but then also like some uh, older cars from like the 70s and 80s are mixed in there I would so, say even like in the opening scene in that the little uh underwear get up that the girl is wearing the, she run the girl <clears throat> she runs out in the heels but she's wearing yeah. Whatever I, I don't know it looked like older to me. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Um, and I I mean I think like th- that that kind of gives the movie this like timeless kind of feel to it. Um, there's a little bit of modern technology, but cell phones never really like play a part, right? Which is great. I I hate cell phones in horror movies for the most part. Yeah. They kind of well, they ruin, ruin everything. All the fun. Yeah, and you know I think this movie is kind of like a uh, a dreamlike ethereal valentine to the slasher and horror movies of the 80s um which is kind of something that we're seeing a lot more these days uh with these kind of homages to things that um people grew up with in like the you know 70s 80s 90s um stranger things right obviously comes to mind um this one doesn't really come off as super obvious with its references and nods to those movies but it's kind of a modern take yeah. on that kind of thing um and it's beautifully shot against like the despair of like a dying detroit right. <laughs> which is 
makes for just like a great uh, film location these days. Yeah, and uh, also just like a super unique uh, score that really yeah the score jumps out at you. like kind of um, blends like a current and retro feel. Right, uh, kind of taking a page from like Drive. Uh-huh. And those kind of movies um, where it, it's modern music and it's like techno-y, like electronic music, but like it's got like kind of a vintage feel to it. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Uh, you kind of referenced the opening scene already. Uh, we just see a girl in like kind of like um, it's kind of like a a nighty. Op- no, it's not like a yeah, nighty. I don't know. It's like it's kind a, of a a blouse. <laughs> So it's kind of like silk Silky. undergarments yeah, yeah. and uh, high heels, and she kind of like comes running out of a house. Like looking behind her, sort of kind of looks a, a little confused slash frightened. Yeah, runs about halfway down the street, turns around, runs back, takes a wide berth around something, and then kind of runs back into the house. Uh, her dad like comes out like, what's going on? Are you okay? And you know, Fuck off, dad. <laughs> <laughs> she you know grabs the keys and runs out right um drives to a beach and we kind of get a cut to like the next morning and her, like her body is kind of just been, been demolished backwards <laughs> in these horrible horrifying uh, ways feet like ripped off and um, she, she's dead it's kind of got like almost a black dahlia feel to the scene i mean not quite but it's very brutal uh i'll say this too it's like Going into this movie, I, I hadn't seen any trailers for it or anything. Just someone telling me that it was, they went and saw it and it was cool. Like this opening scene, I was like, "This is unbelievable." I had no idea what was going on, but it was just like it definitely sucked you in. Yeah, there's a mysterious tension to this whole thing, right? And you're not fully aware of what's happening. Uh, I like you didn't really know very much about it when I saw it, so it's that's kind of the best way oh, to absolutely. jump into something like I know. this. So that's our opening scene. Then we're introduced to um, Jay, who um, seems to be probably around 19 or 20-ish. I guess. I don't It's hard to tell what's going on with this whole group of friends, really. Yeah. I mean, I took it because later we She goes on a date her. with a dude that's 21. Or- yeah. And we see her like in a college class. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like, right. Later. Yeah. A lot of uh, kids living with their parents in this movie. Yeah, but the parents are usually nowhere to right. be found. Yeah. Very minimal. Um, and she has a sister named Kelly. Uh, they kind of have pal around with Paul and Yara, who we're not really sure if Paul and Yara are brother and sister or not, or if they're just two friends. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She just is always around. Yeah. They um, can't uh, lose this girl. And so it's kind of just like... Uh, Jay swimming in a pool, <laughs> stuff like that, just kind of hanging around and getting and j- spied on by the neighbor kids. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jay is, you know, kind of in this new relationship with a guy named Hugh, and they kind of go on a date. His name is Hugh? <laughs> well, not it. for real, but. Oh, yeah. Um, That's his fake name that he came up with? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a weird choice yeah. for a fake name. Right. So they go on this date. Uh, at one point, um, they go to a movie theater and they play this game. It's kind of like, you know, complicated to explain all this stuff, but like basically, uh, Hugh ends up pointing out a woman in a yellow dress that Jay can't see. 
Right. He kind of freaks out about this and they immediately like leave the theater and drive away. But we, at this point, we still don't really have any, any explanation as to what any of this means. Yeah. It's kind of weird because he's obviously actually aware of what's going on, which we'll get to, but I don't know. It's weird that he's actually so stunned that she doesn't, I don't know. It seems weird that. Well, I want to address that specifically this part um, later. Okay. Yeah. Um, once we, you know, go more through what's happening. All right. So um, they hightail it out of the theater. Yeah. Eventually. Um, and, it, you know, we're probably skipping over a little bit of stuff here, but eventually Meh. Hugh takes Jay to like this abandoned hospital or something. I'm not really even sure what that is. It's just a giant building. Yeah, luckily there's a lot of just like abandoned areas in the greater Detroit area. <laughs> and it's kind of like a makeout spot for all the uh, high school sweethearts. Yeah, they're kind of, <laughs> I you know, I call it the Zach Schoendorf special. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they walk out into like the woods and then they're kind of sitting by a lake or whatever. And then things kind of get a little romantic and Jay wants to go back to the car. So they, you know, have sex in the back seat. And Jay's kind of this, like laying the, across the back seat on her stomach, like with her head and arm, like out the door and kind of just talking. And Hugh is kind of not paying any attention, really. He's g- getting something out of the trunk and then he's walking around to the other side. And then all of a sudden he gets on top of her and begins to like smother her with some kind of a rag. <laughs> it's actually pretty hilarious the way it looks because it's just like... She's sort of in this uh, kind of post-coital, happy, euphoric moment, kind of like looking off. And then he just, yeah, it seems like he's going to like put his arm around her. And then it's just like this rag over her mouth and starts suffocating her. Yeah, you're right, Matt. It's hilarious when girls are (laughs) date raped and assaulted. (laughs) But this, yeah, this whole like sequence is kind of bizarre because... Okay, so she comes to and she's tied to a wheelchair and he is now taking her inside of this abandoned building, um, which yeah. is pretty, you know, almost like hollowed out. This part of the uh, Zach Schoendorf special also. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, you know, in her bra and underwear and like dazed as she's like waking up and she doesn't know what's going on. And Hugh kind of begins like this rap about what has happened. Yeah. And it's obviously she's terrified and it's pro- you know the things that he's saying probably aren't really registering with her right away i mean <laughs> well it why sounds would insane they? yeah he starts talking about like this thing is going to start coming after her somebody gave it to him now he gave it to her you have to pass it on by having sex with someone else if you don't it will follow you until it kills you uh, it doesn't move fast it always walks but never go into a place with you know less than two exits or whatever right she's like what is this some sort of like hidden camera (laughs) (laughs) and he i guess you know in order to be able to tell this to her and then give her show her an example of what's happening that's why he chose to tie her up to a wheelchair so that he could have her attention without her running away um they're kind of like in this empty abandoned area there's no one around and then um, off out of the distance comes walking this naked woman. and he, Smoking hot. <laughs> not really. <laughs> and he uh, wheels her over so that 
she can see this woman and she's just naked walking out, you know, like across a train track yeah. and then like up this hill. And we talked this about building. this. He can still see it, right? Like, even though yes. he's past this thing on, it's like, yeah, because he's like, oh, I see it coming now. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently, like, you can only see it once you have it and then you can still see it once you pass it on. And if it kills Jay, it would then go after him and then right down back the line. Yep. So, like, so Jay you know, sees this woman is like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's, she's trying to yell at it. Uh, you know, and Hugh is still kind of like explaining, you know, the, the rules as far as he knows them, which, you know, it can take all kinds of different shapes into different people. Some strangers, some people, you know, some people you, you know, you're close to and you love so that it will hurt you more. And that's pretty much it. It's some what- supernatural thing that, a demon of some yeah. kind or something, but we don't understand what it is. It's hard to figure out what uh, rules in like physics and nature it has to abide by. It's like, I mean, like, will it just use? Because the one part it doesn't open a door, it like breaks the window, like it can't get in the door. I, you know what I mean? Like to get to different places, it's hard to figure out like what all lengths it will go to. I mean, it seemingly won't stop coming, but it's hard to figure out what all the rules are. At one point, it's up on top of a house, so it's like it seemingly can do whatever it wants, but it also has to do it by the rules of... Yeah, the scene, and you're speaking about something that comes away later with being right. on top of the house, that obviously gets questioned a lot because it doesn't really make sense why it does that. But And maybe this is the right time to read this one quote from the director himself, David Robert Mitchell, in an interview with Yahoo!, he says, the only rules that we hear are rules that were told by a character within the film who has access to limited information. If you look at the film enough, you start to understand how, may, how maybe he's figuring these things out and how he has gotten the information that he has, that he has. but you also have to understand that they're not rules on a stone tablet. They're, char- they're a character's best guess about what's going to right. happen, or about what's happening to them. So you know they seem mostly right, but for me, that's kind of fun in that there might be some gaps in information, some things that he doesn't understand, and neither do we. Yeah. So it's kind of a... That's true. It is kind of We don't really fun. know for sure. We have to go by Hugh's words, and um, when you think about it, Hugh is kind of just like a only, at best, semi-reliable source, because you know he only has his own experiences to go by. He later reveals in the film that he thinks he got this from a one-night stand, so it's not like anyone explained it to him. Right. Um, uh, so it seems weird that it's like this thing just starts like following you and you're like, what's changed in my life that this is like, it's weird that he figures out that having sex was the thing that made this start happening to him, you know? Yeah. And if no one explains what it's trying to do, like, how do you even know that it's happening at all? Right. Until you're dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's very strange, um, but uh, it's like it's kind of like a lethal sexual hot potato game, of yeah. like you know, because you can seemingly pass it on, but like if that person gets killed, it gets passed back to you. Presumably, if you're in a monogamous relationship, you're passing it back and forth. That which, would be a fun movie if they just did that. Well, <laughs> that's definitely some people's theories about the end of the movie about yeah. what's happening. A lot of initial confusion for Jay because there's kind of a hilarious scene where her friends are playing like old maid, which I don't think is a coincidence that they kind of 
flashed on that old maid and so like maybe there's the idea that like this is just a kind of the typical 80s slasher film morality tale about like you know premarital sex or something but Hugh like drives up and like pull like pulls up in front of the house like gets out <laughs> opens the back door dumps Jay like in the middle of the street and while her away. friends are just like and her sister are just looking on from the porch <laughs> um, like oh great Jay's back from her date <laughs> just and of course her out on the road yeah I mean she's like crying and like you know it's it's kind of like you know she's been assaulted or something yeah Although the police and like an ambulance are called and everything, and there is a part where she's talking to somebody like a paramedic or a police woman or something and saying that like yeah it was consensual, but like you know she was like you know chloroformed or whatever yeah. and all this other stuff. It was like this horrible experience. It is weird, but like once all of this dies down and she's kind of. You know, real. You know, she finds out that like she doesn't really know very much about this Hugh guy anyway, right? And she doesn't really know where he lives or any of this stuff. And you know, her life kind of is returning to some sort of normality. Yeah, she was like, "That was a weird night." <laughs> it kind of t- once she has her first experiences with the supernatural force following her. Uh, we see kind of like a, a very old woman in like a nightgown at Jay's college, um, things like that. And she has to run away from it. Like it kind of becomes this ultimate case of the no one believes me kind well, of thing, yeah. which is kind of like every right supernatural horror movie at some point. But like no one else can see this thing that's coming after her. So it's like this, she can now see it, no one else can, and it's, you know, it just kind of adds to her, like, terror because she kind of isn't 100% sure that she's not just going crazy or something. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, not concerned or not considering that enough to the point where she's actually going to let this thing get close enough to touch her. No. Uh, yeah, that was one of the things that you made sure to point out, you know, don't let it touch you. Right. Um, her friend, Paul... <laughs> Ever the opportunist. Uh, oh, absolutely. He volunteers to stay overnight. <laughs> um, we kind of get a little bit of Paul's backstory as the movie goes along. It seems like he's been friends with Jay and Kelly and probably Yara like for a long time since they were young. Yeah. Now they He's had some ideas for quite a while. <laughs> now they've, you know, matured into young adults and he's seemingly got a crush on both of them, but maybe well, more I so mean, Jay. Um, whichever one's gonna go for it. And as we mentioned before, like, there's kind of an intentional lack of parents in the picture. They're all living, you know, at home, and the parents are shown sporadically, briefly, but they they have no presence at all in this film. Right. Like, Jay can't sleep. She comes down onto the couch with Paul. They're kind of, like, you know, recounting some memories kind of giving you a little bit more insight into their relationship and and their characters whenever um a window breaks in the kitchen and Paul goes to look but like of course he's not going to be able to see anything. Oh right. Um he goes upstairs to get Kelly. Uh Jay's left alone downstairs. She goes into the kitchen. She sees like <laughs> 
this chick with like a busted up face and like one tit hanging out of a bra and just yeah. peeing all over the kitchen floor. <laughs> it's a pretty horrifying sight. Right. <laughs> um, she eventually runs upstairs. She locks herself into a room. Her friends talk their way Which, into the room. And yeah. then uh, when they go to let Yara in, this is like probably the most frightening yeah. scene in the Lurch entire film. Lurch standing behind her. Yeah, because it like the door opens, Yara's standing there, she's about to walk in, and then this just giant man right. comes from behind her. And of course the other people can't see this man, but yeah. Jay just like freaks the fuck out and runs out of the room, climbs out of the window. Yeah, now it felt like uh watching this the first time, it's like, how is she gonna get out of this <laughs> when that thing is like in the house right in front of her? Yeah, it seems like it's moving that it's it did seem like the the man was moving at a speed that was faster than right some of the other forms but i mean you know obviously there's going to be like a little bit of leeway to embellish certain scenes right for, and there has to be because it's like if you get hung up on like the time thing and how long it's taking like if you just start thinking it's like why is it taking so long to get from like wherever they were originally to the college to her house you know like yeah well, it's a lot of walking. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't know how many miles away our school is. So this is when we get our first introdu- introduction to the neighbor across the street, Greg, um, who seems possibly like a year or two older than Jay. A uh, pretty cool dude. <laughs> kind of established as like the cool dude in the neighborhood. Cool dude, ladies man. Oh, absolutely. Long hair. Yeah. It's like a Because Jay, like, Jay Runt flees the house and hops on a bike rides to a park um her friends finally catch up to her there but then greg shows up to being like you know what the fuck's going on right. and paul's like someone broke into their house so at this point you know they go to try to track down uh hugh uh apparently something the police were unable to do i guess i mean they were i mean obviously detroit's got a lot of problems, you know. <laughs> They're not really worried. This girl says she wasn't really raped. She yeah. doesn't seem physically harmed. It's like time to move on. <laughs> uh, Case closed. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the forms that... I'm just going to refer to it as It, since the movie's called It Follows. Right. Let's talk about some of the forms that It takes. They're mostly dressed... In, they're either nude or some kind of underclothes. Yeah. Or um, the case with the girl in the kitchen, like her one breast is kind of pulled out. Um, yeah. There's some speculation that this is in, in, an indication that the forms that it's taking are either... Um, perpetrators of some kind of sexual crime or sexual violence or victims one or the other or you know both or whatever it happens okay it is strange though that they all are either nude or wearing underwear or you know night clothes or something yeah i don't know very pale but um because it kind of also is strange that hugh mentions a girl in a yellow dress which doesn't fit at all. No. Anything right. that they wear later. The color. And, yeah. None of them wear anything that has color. And I would basically. say most of them don't really look normal either. Like, aside from being nude or... like It's like, they look like deranged or like... Yeah, there's kind of a dead 
zombie effect to them. Right. Uh, so it's weird that he would see like a lady or a girl in a yellow dress and be like, that's a normal person, right? Like, it seems like they would still have that weird look to them. Now, later, um, some of the forms that it takes are more personal to Jay. I think at this point... Right, which he does warn her that that will happen. Yeah, at this point, I don't believe we're supposed to have any recognition of the forms that Jay's seen, but that will come later. But we don't really know what she recognizes because we don't really know peripheral characters of her life that aren't featured in the movie. Yeah. I just mean from like a viewer's perspective. I don't. That's true. We, we don't know these people. Yes. But later. You're absolutely right. That was a horrible point by me. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Matt. Uh, it, in every movie ever made, we don't know every <laughs> single thing that's ever happened to the characters. Yeah. You're correct. <laughs> Some analytical movie podcast. So they track Hugh down to this abandoned house that he's clearly been staying in, but doesn't really live at and there's a porno magazine with a picture of Hugh in it where uh with a girl wearing a high school letter jacket uh they're able to recognize the high school they go to that high school they're a able porno to porno magazine it's like he's got a post up in this house and you know he real that's what's going to get him by <laughs> I mean. yeah it's the traditional play pen instead of playboy but like right. the pictures in it are not I don't know. I was, Playboy quality. They are like, oof. I don't know. A single bachelor in his twenties is really getting it going for this magazine. Yeah. Well, it was like pretty. It's like a pretty skeezy magazine. Well, like, on the inside. What do you think from? <laughs> and well, that's the other thing too. It's like this house that he's staying in is obviously like abandoned or whatever. But it's like, you know, he's set it up to insulate himself and you know try and protect himself from this from it and the windows. Uh, obviously made of glass, but on the inside of them, he's got like cans hung from a string, I guess, you know, as a noisemaker thing, but it's like, wouldn't he just hear it break the glass? Yeah, I don't know. And he kind of doesn't even follow his own advice because he's sleeping on the third floor of this house. Yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. But I also like to point out that Yara throughout the film is reading The Idiot um, which features a character, a character who has these this recurring nightmare of a monster uh, trying to eat him or something. It's kind of like this weird little parallel that's thrown in there for you know literature nerds. Right, <laughs> just throwing that in now. <laughs> so the level of belief among Jay's friends, um, we're I mean, it's very kind of it's an interesting like little subplot to the movie. It's like how much are they believing her at this point? They're willing to go track this Hugh character down. Oh, I mean, they're going along with it like pretty quick. I don't know if they're like, all right, look, she's fucked up from what happened. Just go with what she says. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's got to still be a big part yeah. of their minds. But obviously, Paul is like willing to... Whatever you say, Jay. Whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> He's going the I believe mile. you. Yeah. He's been friend-zoned for so long, he can't even see this straight. This is his moment. <laughs> Which, you know, is vaguely familiar to (laughs) some of the people on this podcast. Oh, boy. (laughs) They eventually, you know, track Hugh down. They find out his real name's Jeff. So we will refer to him as Jeff from this point on. What is it? Is it like they see his high school jacket or something? I literally just explained this. They find that picture in the porno magazine. No, I know. Him and a girl. The girl has a letterman's jacket. They go to that school. And then they get kind of 
gloss over how they get the information, I think, from that scene. But they, they were able to like, put the pieces together and figure out where he is. Uh, he's still living at home because yeah. his mother answers the door. Everyone <laughs> just living the dream in well, this it's movie. The, you know, early 20s. I know. You know good time. No bills. <laughs> Life was great. Fucking chicks in the backseat of cars. Absolutely. So, I don't remember that part of my 20s. but <laughs> Jeff sits out in the yard with Jay and her friends and tries to shed a little bit of more light on the situation. This is where we find out that he thinks he picked it up from a one-night stand. This scene's particularly funny because, you know, Greg, who's the newest to the group, and I think, you know, maybe some of the others are still kind of like, I'm not buying this. Yeah, this is crazy. And <laughs> Jeff sees this girl with like carrying a soccer ball and wearing headphones, like walking towards their little circle. And he's like, can you see that girl? <laughs> and they're all like, yeah. And that girl is like literally right there at that point. And she just looks at them like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the most non-threatening form of it, if it was. But Jeff is kind of like, yo, this should not be that hard for a girl to pass on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Right. You're like a hot chick. It's like, do what you got to do. Yeah. Just leave me out of it. Get the get me as far away down the line as possible. And we don't get any specifics. Like, we don't, you know, it's not made clear to us if it has to be, like, unprotected sex. So, yeah. I mean, as far as we know, she could make sure that the dude wears a condom and then, like, you know. Yeah. I hope she wasn't having unprotected sex with Hugh. What was that, their third date? <laughs> she's like, I'm ready for you to raw dog. Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm ready to have your baby. No kidding. She's letting him do her without a bag on, like, the third date. God. Who is Jay this is girl? just common street <laughs> trash. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I'm not trying to slut shame here. I just, I just don't think it's very responsible. No, it's not. Uh, even if you're on the pill, it's like, right. honey, you don't know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where this hunk of garbage has been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly. Right. You don't he's even got, know his name. He's got something real bad going on. Yeah. <laughs> so Greg takes them to kind of like this lake house. And this is when, as far as I know, the Jay begins to see it take the form of people that she knows there's a scene where they're kind of sitting on like beach chairs and the way they do this scene is actually pretty great because yeah, it's like a long shot. Like Greg starts to walk away from their little group to like take a piss or something. And you kind of see Yara approaching from the woods and you kind of are like, Oh, that's Yara. All right. right. And then it kind of like pans over. And then all of a sudden Yara is talking to them and she's yes. in the lake. Right swimming and you're like oh shit yeah <laughs> uh it has now taken the form of yara and they don't see it coming and it comes from behind right to jay and all of a sudden her hair is just like sticking straight up in the air as it grabs her yeah now this is where we first get the clue that this thing ha takes some kind of a physical form it's just invisible to the other people yes. because uh paul picks up a chair and swings it at the air and hits it and then gets just, just thrown like 30 yards it, like knocks 30 <laughs> yeah. yards away right so it, it it has some physical properties they just can't see it and this is kind of of course greg is now not facing them so he doesn't see this all happen but the rest of the group is like oh, oh it's this on. is this yeah. is real like we see her hair going up in the air we see paul getting knocked backwards um 
they go running towards like this little boathouse or something and get a gun and uh jay is just basically firing at nothing as far as some of the people can see but she can see it and she eventually hits it which knocks it down but it gets right back up then it changes shape once they slam the door that's the thing like a couple of the scenes it changes shape right mid-scene uh, yeah on the fly and it turns into the little boy that was spying on her like the 10 year old neighbor or whoever oh yeah it was. and then she basically tries to flee in a car crashes the car ends up in a hospital <laughs> just a horrible getaway <laughs> and so then once she's in the hospital she's like fuck it i'm just gonna have sex with greg and he just like fucks her in a hospital bed <laughs> greg just uh yeah whatever man he's heard all the stories he's got all the clues all the details but it's just like gotta get that ass yeah i mean like, you know yeah the dudes in this are hilarious because they just like both greg <laughs> and paul are just like Give it to me. Yeah. Just, I'll take this burden. Please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so worth it. So they leave the hospital. That three pumps uh, and done, just totally worth it. It's kind of a, a funny sequence once they leave because Jay is watching Greg's house from across the street. Greg, you know, has said like, oh, I haven't seen anything, blah, blah, blah. And then we see Greg himself breaking into his own house oh, like, yeah. wearing long john underwear. And like, it's such a strange... The way he's like walking and his whole demeanor, it's pretty clear that that's the uh, form. Right. And Jay tries to call him, no answer. Runs over there, tries to warn him that's not the to thing, open though. the door. And the the you know the demon force now has taken the shape of Greg's own mother. And so he opens the door. And he's like, "What the fuck, mom?" And she's like wearing a robe, and her like titties are hanging out. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it jumps on top of him, and it's. Greg's death is very has like this bizarre incestuous feel of just like what the fuck is like his mother is like she's wearing underwear but she's like on top of him like kind of humping or cowgirl <laughs> and like her tits are out and it's like this is her his mother and it's just like what is she doing and he's just like on the plus side for Greg he by the time Jay makes it down the length of the hall he's like already dead yeah it's not like a long drawn out suffering process i'm not sure what this thing did to him but he's dead yeah it's weird it's hard to figure out uh the methods of killing because based on that first scene you're like jesus what does this thing do just like rip them apart (laughs) like yeah i mean it doesn't seem to be consistent so i mean it may just be whatever Whatever it feels like in the moment. Yeah. Um, so Jay, of course, has to drive away. She goes back to the lake. <laughs> I think this is that part. And she yeah. just swims out. She Hasn't sees a I... couple of dudes yeah. hanging out on a boat and she just swims out to them. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to have a floating gangbang. Yeah, they're like, those guys are like, this is the dream. Just we like, were just like hanging out on my buddy's boat. And they're like, is that a hot chick over there? <laughs> just swimming towards us? Right. Yeah, she probably just like gets up on the boat and like just starts taking her bathing suit off, and they're like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the funny thing is, if that was me, I'd be like, "I'm not having sex with this no, girl." No, I would I'd drive like, her what to is the. Happening? Yeah, I'd drive her to the asylum. <laughs> Maybe she put in a little bit more effort. <laughs> Maybe she just flirted a little bit. <laughs> she just gets out of the water and just starts taking her clothes right. off. But see, this is you know one of those things. It's like. There's two dudes on the boat, presumably, 
the implication because they cut away from this we see none of it is that she would have sex with both of them but that doesn't really matter right unless they of course have sex with each other <laughs> because she's only giving it to one of them and once that guy is killed because I'm, I'm assuming I mean, she doesn't have the balls to tell these people what Hugh told her. Uh, so, like, Hugh, you know, terrible guy, but wait, he at least did the right thing. Yeah. I'm sure Jay's just passing it around willy-nilly Exactly. Here. She's not giving any details or clues or tying people up to show them the <laughs> monster that's pursuing them. But it's like, theoretically, though, if it is, if there was, like, a double penetration situation <laughs> and they're having sex at the same time, don't both dudes get it? Well, we don't know about oral and anal. That's true. So who knows? So we don't know if she had vaginal intercourse with both parties. We need to. She was know like the, taking like yeah. double anal. Get, get that uh, director on the line. We need to know the details of what went down in this scene. Could you describe it to us in yeah. as much detail as possible, please? It's for analytical purposes. So, in order to eventually, uh, the demonic force must kill that. Whichever of the dudes she gave it to, because it's back again, and this is the part. Yeah, you good job, guys. With the guy on the roof, a lot of people point this out. I think this is some artistic license here. Yeah, I think the naked man on the roof of the house is just to be scary because they're kind of backing out of the driveway, and she looks up, and there's a nude man just on top of their house. Yeah, you don't um, see that every day. Yeah, I think that uh, that's just you know for an extra scare and just sort of that it doesn't make sense like why would it go on the roof it's kind of just like that reminder like that reminder like lingering feeling that it's just like always around so they now drive to this giant building that houses an indoor pool um not unlike the indoor pool in Jennifer's body that we talked about, except this uh, one a little is, bit cleaner. Yeah, you know, operational. Yet right. there's no one else there. This building is gigantic, too. It's it, very strange. Like this whole sequence, I've, I I definitely saw a lot of people online, you know, who point out this sequence is not feeling like it fits with the rest of the movie, and I kind of agree for a couple of reasons. One, it's a strange location. Like it it it. it and we'll definitely talk about, you know, how much I'm willing to let go in this movie later when we, you know, address some of the stupid bullshit criticism of know, it. Yeah. But, like, this particular thing is hard for me to get around because it's like, how do they get... If it's closed, how do they get in? Right. If you it's check open, why it's are open. they the only ones there? I know. It seems like... Well, it, it doesn't it, seem like it's like... It's not like a public pool or something. It's like... A pool that's like part of something, like a school or something, right? Well, they, like, don't they the talk feels? about going to it though before they go there? Maybe, like, they yeah, maybe it is just a public pool because they, you know, the one girl jokes that Paul used to pee in it or something. Oh, <laughs> or maybe they were talking about a different public pool. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just odd. So they have this stupid plan. Meanwhile, we never <laughs> saw them pack up the car with any of these electronics, right? But like they apparently have Their all mom's these like, electric. What are you items. doing? Hey. They have them all plugged in around the pool. Their plan is to lure it into the pool and then turn these things on and push it in to electrocute it after Jay gets out of the pool. Right. I think one of the things that Hugh originally told her was that it doesn't like water. And we'll see that Hmm. in a minute because once it enters the room, instead of immediately going into the water, it kind of has this weird moment of foresight that we haven't seen from it before where it begins to pick up the items that they've left around the pool and starts throwing them at Which, Jay in the pool. If it has the capacity to do this, why wouldn't it 
uh, choose that method to kill any other point. Maybe it gets more out of the other way, but since she's in the water and it doesn't really want to go in the water for whatever reason. The water doesn't seem to kill it, but it doesn't want to go in there for some reason. Some people speculated that, yes, they were going to electrocute it, but that the hope would be that it couldn't get out of the pool. Oh, for some reason. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, I think that's wishful thinking on yeah. some people's I don't know if that really makes sense. But um at this point I believe that the form that it takes is Jay and Kelly's father. Now, you'd have to pay attention earlier in the film when Jay is getting ready for like a date. Um she has a Polaroid picture of herself like as a kid with someone with an adult man and that is the same adult man that's in the pool area and when Kelly asks her what does it look like and she, Jay says, I don't want to tell you. Um, right. But we don't know anything about their father. And this kind of leads to a lot of speculation, too. It's like, if we're going with the theory that it takes the shape of people that were sexually abusive or committed some kind of sexual crime, is that their father? Did he do something? Is that why he's not in the picture? But, I mean, you know, it's possible that he's just dead or that their parents are divorced. I mean, we don't know. It's speculation. She doesn't want to tell Kelly that it's their father who's now doing these things. And that makes it obviously harder for someone who's dealing with this to have to deal with. He looks old. Some kind of personal connection to, you know, the person doing this. Um, <laughs> hilariously, they kind of have to come up with a new plan. I think Kelly throws like a tablecloth over it. Yeah, uh, Paul actually shoots it thinking. in the head, but th- not before Paul just starts shooting wildly across <laughs> the pool and shoots Yara in the leg. <laughs> just Paul, a horrible hero. <laughs> so they shoot in the head and it falls into the pool. They think it's dead uh, at first, but then it grabs Jay as she's trying to get out. Paul with somehow somehow this an impossible insane, shot right. without being able to see it shoots it in the head again in the pool um right. the well, pool is like filling up leg. with like this ridiculous red blood that presumably only jay can see right um again this it felt it's out weird. of place did like, blood come out of, of it when he shot it in the head the first time yeah okay yeah it's very um this whole sequence felt very strange like it just didn't feel like the rest of the movie which was very had a lot of good tension and was kind of scary and had dread in it, but it didn't feel like this felt like way more yeah cartoony. I don't know if they felt like they had to resolve it in some way, but it was like, you know, obviously the end of the movie leaves it open, but it's like they felt like they had to somehow defeat it because it's like, what do you do? It's you have two options to go with a movie for this. Come up with a way to defeat it or it's just like it has to kill the person, you know? But it's yeah. like, it does make it seem like, what do you do to something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think like the film, uh, it does like a, a masterful job of like fucking with your comfort zones. Mm-hmm. Like the supernatural force at work in It Follows can take the form of anyone at any time, familiar and stranger alike. And like as a viewer, you don't know who you're looking out for. At any given moment. Right. And the film kind of taunts us with that. There's definitely a couple of times where you're like unsure if that person in the crowded distance that's making kind of a beeline towards Jay is actually the evil thing that's pursuing her or if it's just someone walking. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's a couple of times that you see people like kind of 
in the background walking and it's not a scene where it has shown up yet and you're like is that it there or it's just like this presence that's always there and it's kind of like as an audience member you just like you know it's there when it's not around you know it's going to be back at some point um so after the pool sequence jay finally passes it to paul (laughs) (laughs) paul's been waiting for this his whole goddamn life (laughs) and uh we kind of get a brief shot of Paul like driving around like a real shitty area in Detroit looking at some prostitutes, but like it kind of <laughs> seems like he may not be able to go through with that. We don't know. Um, the ending kind of shows Jay and Paul walking hand in hand. They seem like they're kind of a couple now. So Paul's, you know, won the lottery through right. all of this. I know. And uh, somehow it's like, how is she having fun with this Paul dude? <laughs> I mean, I understand like, you know, the innocence and she gives him like a little you know, pity bang or whatever, but it's like, how could she date him? I mean, what, <laughs> what does he have to offer? Well, now she's just fucked up. Yeah, that's true. She's tainted. Goods yeah. Now. That is. Um, and then in the background, like the kind of final shot is there's somebody walking behind them and you're not really sure. It kind of even right. looks a little bit like Paul maybe. Yeah. So you're really not sure. And I, I mean, obviously I think it's intentionally vague. Yes, you know, you absolutely. don't know what's going right. on. And some people, you know, spe- like I said, speculate that they've had this, consensual monogamous relationship and so they continue to pass it back and forth and they've just learned to live with this together wow um and and this kind of goes what a with bonding experience well i found um on r slash movies on reddit uh this co- this comes from a user whose username is devil may dance and this usually i wouldn't pull like a quote just from like a random person's comment but i think to me when I read it, I was it clicked with me that this is what I kind of was taking away from it because, you know, a lot of people make the obvious jump to STDs and Ugh. AIDS as the metaphor at work right. here, and I think I do think that that interpretation okay, is valid. There. Yes, it's there. It's obvious, uh, but yeah, I don't think that's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, I don't really think that's the answer, or at least not the whole answer. Um, and this user on Reddit kind of summarized, you know, my thoughts on it. I think the film, this is what he says: the yes. film is more, or the film is about the inevitability of death. Nothing you can do to stop it, even passing on your genes, i.e., sleeping around to pass on the curse. The only thing we can do is find solace in loved ones and brave that inevitability together. And that kind of fits with what other people were saying about, about the, the ending, ending of the film. Yes. And it, I I made the connection kind of that this that it almost works as like this bizarre like chain letter. You right. know how like chain letters used to exist? Like you'd get one in the mail and it said that you had to send, you know, six more versions of this letter or whatever or you would die or you know stupid yeah. shit that never made any sense right it's kind of like this sexual chain letter thing where it's like you have to do this and pass it on oh god or, that chain letter stuff was terrible <laughs> yeah i don't even know sometimes oh, i guess sometimes there was money involved i but used other to times hate when people would send that shit to me i would be like did you get actual physical chain letters no no but the like the email stuff where it's oh, like yeah, yeah, the you email. know it's just like are you kidding me? People like, or especially when you get the shit that would be like, uh, forward this to eight people. Something's going to pop up on your screen. That's going to show you. It's like, you think that's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Well, yeah, I want to talk about that, uh, STD thing too. Cause it's like, this is a movie when it came out, I was like, this is a really cool movie. It was definitely like in my top 10 movies of, uh, what was it? 2014. Yeah. Um, loved it. 
whatever reason, it just seems to come up in conversations with people a lot. Like it, that that has, over the past couple of years has become like the go to movie that I when I just hear people like talking about movies amongst a group, they'll be like, "Have you seen It Follows? It's uh really cool. It's like this horror movie that's like a metaphor for STDs." As I just like. I don't want to hear another person say that. It's like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm certainly, you know, not the brightest dude. Obviously, there's a back catalog of 39 episodes you can listen to of me being an idiot. But it's like, it's the most obvious. It's like they're saying it as if they've like discovered something. And it's like the most in your face thing. Well, here's the thing. People stink. Like... We love to talk about movies. We have a podcast about talking about movies, but actually talking about movies with just regular people. Civilians, as we call them on the podcast. Is unbearable. Like, people are the worst. (laughs) And, you know, anytime they think that they figured anything out, they think they're like a fucking genius. And it's like... I mean, it's just... Well, here's the other thing, and it kind of tags on If that that was it, this movie would not mean shit to me. I would be like, that's not subtle at all. Right. There's well, plus there's no that's just even if that was yeah, what's the, the metaphor at work, I mean, that kind of just strips the movie down to just like one element when right. it's like this well made, interesting piece of art. Oh, totally. And just and, like uniquely shot, like we said, cool stuff. Like, it was just like a, a whole unique work all around. Like one of the movies that I go to the theaters, I was like, that was cool. That was different. It was good. Right. And the other thing that kind of comes up a lot here is is and we we mentioned this as we went through the plot. Uh, we kind of glossed over some of the uh, holes in the plot, um, some of the inconsistencies, some of the details that don't make sense, um, various points here and there. I will say this: nothing in it even comes close to ruining it for me. It's still unique, different, tense, exciting, fun, oh, yeah, interesting. Um, and I f- I'm fully aware that there are issues with um like making some of the sense rules of the that rules, are set out the time different things that right. don't necessarily make sense all the time yet when i searched uh you know to find an opening clip for this movie one of the big things that comes up on youtube is just like people just an insane number of videos that people have made you know 10 things wrong with it follows 10 reasons why it follows doesn't make sense you know five reasons why you shouldn't like it follows or whatever it's like it's like oh, I love you know those what? pieces it's like this is why we can't have cool things oh i know the people making these are the same ass clowns yeah that not the listeners you, of this when show you have a discussion of your favorite christmas movies will just you know say die hard just because they're like well die hard's a christmas movie it's like just because it takes place at christmas oh. it's like the, you know they make some kind of observation and they think they're a genius it's like it's like you're not interesting or cool or smart or fun. You're right. a complete bore. Yes. Like you ruin movies. <laughs> like it's not fun then. It's just like, congratulations, Die Hard takes place at Christmas. It's not a fucking Christmas movie and just because it takes like, place at Christmas. Coming from a podcast that we spend, uh, I don't know, 80% of our time talking about movies and how they don't make sense. But it's like, if the movie's good, it doesn't matter. The Matrix doesn't make sense, but people fucking like it, you know? Yeah, people get hung up on wanting to poke holes and things. It's like, there's... Let me just be clear. Well, it can there be fun, n- but it's like... 98% of the movies are just complete dog shit. Things that are made for entertainment aren't usually going to make sense. And, like, 
if you're gonna get hung up on something that is a part of the two percent that isn't complete dog shit, that's like what that that those are the movies that seem to get attacked more than right. anything else. I know. It's just like, hello. It's like. It's, uh, it goes back to what we were saying before about the Watchmen when we did that episode a million years ago, and like, you know how comic book fans were getting like hung up on like things in the the Watchmen movie that weren't the same as the book, or you know whether it was like uh, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight movies, right? Uh, some kind of issue they would have with this or that or the other thing, and it's like nobody can seemingly appreciate when something is actually like well made, great. Fun, exciting, interesting, different, unique. It's just like the stuff that is like actually terrible seems to get a free pass, and stuff right. that's like good um, and different has to be picked apart to death. Yeah. Okay. So let's be like honest. People like, who just want to prove how smart they are, even though they're tr- complete morons. Making a movie is like an incredibly hard thing to do. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. How many people do you know that have the ability to do it? Zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't. So it's like, and. The two of us see a lot of bad movies. We go to the theater a lot. We see a ton of bad movies. <laughs> so it's like when someone can make something, they may make a movie, it's unique, it's engaging. They've somehow been able to show you something new, even though movies have been made for, you know, whatever it is, a hundred years. And it's like to have something be like, just like feel new and unique. And it's just like, all right, that was a great movie. Well, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, movie criticism isn't valid um <laughs> no. obviously I mean, well yeah we, we, that's we basically our whole make lives judgments on it all the time <laughs> yeah. it's just that what i'm noticing is when something stands out as like unique and different there seems to be a disproportionate amount of people like yeah. out of all of the episodes that we've done for this podcast i've never searched for clips and found is like that many videos dedicated to why something doesn't make sense or why something's wrong or whatever it's just like and this movie has you know a very high score on rotten tomatoes has a very high user score on imdb it seems like the majority of people do like it and the majority of critics liked it it's just that people definitely want to like point out things yeah. with, with certain movies. It's just well, like, we get it. It's whenever something, I think there's whenever something comes out and to surprisingly like positive reviews, it just becomes one of those things that like a few people hear about it and they're like, it's cool. And then all of a sudden people are like, I keep hearing about this movie from everybody. I watched it. It's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People love to be the one to be like, well, you know, I didn't understand what all the hype was about. These are some problems that apparently nobody else picked out because yeah. I'm such a genius. It's like, no, you're not. Well, yeah. You're a bore. And I mean, Just shut up. My whole stance there, it's like, yeah, it's not about like, look, a lot of movies like fall in the, in the middle. There's like definitely like a ton of movies that are undeniably bad. And then there's movies to me that are like undeniably good. And this to me falls in like that category. Like it just, it was just a cool movie. Like there might be things about the plot that you don't like about it, but it, you know, I see a lot of movies every year. This is one of the better ones of recent memory. Look, folks, there's only so many variations of stories. Yes. <laughs> if somebody can come up with like a new twist on a st- on these kind of like standard horror stories of teenagers getting killed after having sex, it's like that's great. It's like because most of them are exactly the same, right. with only like very minor differences. This is kind of a completely different take on something that's you know, been done plenty of times, especially starting in the late 70s, you know, up until present day. And so it's like, you know, we should just enjoy it. 
Yeah. Have fun. Right. And we're not I, trying to, you know, tell people how to think, but... No, we are. We have a podcast, and every movie that we do is cool, and if you don't like it, suck it. Maybe we're just saying the next time you're, like, at a party and you're about to, like, you know, start to give your opinion about some movie, it's like, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, maybe shut up. <laughs> Oh God! I do hate talking to people that don't have good opinions about things that I like. Cause it's just so brutal. I just I just get sick of hearing like the same, like the same shit over and over from people. It's like, oh, Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. It's like the, number this one sounds like a personal. <laughs> it's not, but like, cause it could it applies to like you yeah. know like Gremlins or something right. too. Um, but it's just like no. That's just like the best example I can think of of like when someone is trying to show you that they've thought of something or that they're smart rather than actually answer the question. Yes. It's like Die Hard is not your favorite Christmas movie if it even actually should count as one or not. Like, I mean, it was probably you're just saying it so yeah. that someone will challenge you and then you can be like, no, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> like, you know, because it takes place at Christmas or whatever. It's like, all right, it's not, you're just trying to make some kind of a point here that. If a kid said that, I'd be like, that's clever for that kid. <laughs> well, it's never a kid. It's usually yeah. some bearded 20-something idiot. In a cardigan. Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, check out It Follows if you haven't seen it. I mean, we, you know, I love yeah. when we recommend a movie after we <laughs> explain every single thing about it. But it's pretty cool. We love it. It's really like the only um, – no, that's not true. I guess Blair Witch – Two came out in like 2000 i was gonna say it was the only like even movie from the 2000s we were doing for this well, we thing. did end up getting like a good it's not even true because the next one's also from the <laughs> 2000s all right i'm an idiot but we'll, this is definitely the most recent yeah though. but for this october thing we did get like a good range you know of time kind of actually no because jennifer's body was like not that <laughs> old they the only one that's even remotely different was Cemetery, man. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and that wow. wasn't even All that right. old. Well, next October, we'll think it out more. Well, you know, we've already done Halloween 3 and Phantasm, which are both old movies. You can find that at greatestmoments.podbean.com because both of those are long gone from our uh, iTunes feed. Uh-huh. And I'm sure we'll be doing some old, other old 70s and 80s horror at some point. Totally. But uh, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> If you made a YouTube video pointing out everything that's wrong with it follows, then I hope we didn't offend you. But also, you should kill yourself immediately. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. The greatest October in the history of forever. One more week left. Hopefully, it comes out on Halloween. Yep. If everything goes well. Knowing us, there's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> and then back to the normal banal bullshit after that. Back to the daily grind. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. you